motherfucker, you have a responsibility to speak recklessly. People. Otherwise, my kids may never know what reckless talk People. sounds like. The joys of being wrong. I didn't come here to be right. Just give me the fuck around. People like games. That's fucking outstanding. What's up, what's up? And welcome to episode 8-tree, shout out 1-8-trace, of People Like Games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And it's Lay Squad in the building, and you are tuned in to the best damn podcast in the game. Yes, that's correct. For once, I caught on and was able to do it twice in a row. So, anyway... It feels like it's been forever, but for once, uh, I don't have any back events. Back. I don't have any events mm-hmm. I need to sort of uh, jump off the bat with, so we can comfortably uh, situate ourselves into our uh, long unasked question: What you been playing, baby? Oh, what? Uh, what I've been playing? I've been playing Harry Potter Wizards Unite. That's right. Uh, probably the same thing that you've been playing what you been playing baby i have been playing nothing of the sort uh don't you fucking has... lie to me don't you <laughs> fucking lie to me i know you've been playing uh, you've been it, paying it has, money oh it has, god it has grown on me uh it has grown on me and uh we, we we could we might discuss that a little bit on the back end uh as we'll get to because we don't have the longest of episodes for you but that's right anyway i'm gonna jump into it and you already know that sound like your song i say anything else you can find us uh actually i guess we do have one event that we should be uh mentioning uh july 20th 2 p.m if you happen to be in long island we are partnering up with microsoft for car rockets in flight it's a 24 person tournament 2v2s Hey, uh, you can sign up on Eventbrite or the Microsoft registration page. Uh, We'll be announcing the prizes this coming week. Uh, It's free to enter. Should be fun. We'll have some snacks. We'll have some extra consoles for free play. Come through and say what's up. If you want to find us on Twitter, the handle, People Like Games, you can find Senor Lilo over at LiloPLG. You can find Beezus over at Beezus PLG, and you cannot find me. I'm invisible. And <laughs> you can find us over on Instagram at People Like Games, the subreddit, yes. Trending, trending. The trending, trending continues. Our backslash People Like Games and PeopleLikeGames.com, which we should probably plug in at the beginning, but whoever's in charge of this doesn't remember to do that. And lastly, Etsy.com slash shop slash people like games. We do have our merch up. We have a super cool announcement upcoming in a few weeks about said merch. But for now, place your orders online. Stocks are limited. And I suppose that's all. And actually, pause this show that you are listening to at the moment. I guess I... Spotify, Usual Suspects, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, YouTube, eventually, in more dedicated manners. But we'll get to all of that. Anyway, now we are done plugging this shit, and I'm going to kick it over 
to Lilo for a little bit of talk baby table contents Woo! we're back at it and we are going to start with the hotcakes in the lobby that's right it's gonna be these one-liners that's all you need to know about these stories that we've found and uh we're not gonna remark on them any longer after that we're gonna go into our quick scope where it is the quick scope of the industry gaming news business news everything related to gaming Sol and I have scoured the interwebs and have kept our ear to the ground to give you the best news of this past week, the week of the third. Uh, happy birthday, America. Okay, very, very soon. Very, very soon by the time you listen to this. And um, after Quickscope, we're going to be doing Solos Something or Another. E He's going to be talking about something or another. Come right. find out what I'm talking about as I figure it's out what be, I'm talking about. It's going to be great. I'm sure we're all going to be enthralled. And we're actually wrapping up this episode with my game Spotlight. That's right. Unfortunately, for anyone who's an avid listener, you know that we normally do final laps at the end of uh, the episodes to cover topic at length. But after my game Spotlight, where I cover actually an oldie but a goodie that I just discovered. Thank you, Xbox Game Pass. What up? What up? Uh, we won't really be talking about anything. We want to keep it nice and light and short for you this particular week as we put more things in the oven to bake for you next week. That's right, that's right. So, without further ado, Solo, can you help us kick it off with the first hot cake in the lobby? Absolutely, right, afo, right, afo, right after I give <laughs> you our designated I don't remember if that's it, but we still are TBD on hotcakes in the lobby until it catches on, in which case I'll always have <gasps> been behind it. It should be that elevator noise, followed by bacon. Ding! Door is open, and then bacon, 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 bacon. I got it. I'm going to make it. All right. It's happening. <clears throat> it's happening. Answered. Live. Iterative, baby. That's how we roll. So, uh, in lieu of a sound cue, we will begin with Farming Simulator 19 has sold... Two million copies to date. Why, though? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Second hot cake in the lobby. The N Nintendo Switch Mini has leaked once again thanks to an accessory maker who has put up pictures of a silicon sleeve and the box that they're selling it in. Dun, dun, dun. Kickstarter backers of Shenmue 3 will be able to get a refund if they requested the PC version of the game due to the exclusivity deal signed with the Epic Game Store. Oh, shit. Okay. And uh, the final hotcake in the lobby, Rockstar Games is bringing GTA Online and Red Dead Online bonuses to Twitch Prime for the first time ever. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of those are the hotcakes in the lobby. We hopefully said it all to you. If you want more, just Google it. Okay. And uh, now let's roll to the. Yeah, that's right. That's the quick scope noise. Good shot. Good shot. We're gonna start out with a game that is very, very near and dear to me, and it is also akin to quick scoping because if you ever quick scope somebody, you can do it in this game, and it's awesome. Uh. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Season two, motherfuckers of Apex Legends just dropped on seven two. So yesterday, by the time you're hearing this, oh lord, you you can play with Watson. Watson's coming in. She's gonna change the game dynamics 
a little bit until people just start spamming nades. Not really sure how her ult's going to work. I'm sure every team right now is currently playing with Watson, but that's not even the big news. She's a new character, and that's great. But what's bigger is that Apex and Respawn have confirmed that they're coming out with a ranked mode, okay? Ranked mode is coming to EA Play 2019, and the goal is to create better quality matches that pair you up with players of your own skill rank. If you don't know, right now, you can sort of highlight how many kills you have on any particular character and some people are flaunting 6,000 plus kills and when you play against someone like that it's just no fun especially when i'm a man that only has 200 right now okay uh this mode starts everyone out in bronze each level i guess you'd say um what is it what is it each different division technically will have four different subdivisions within them so you're gonna have Bronze, gold, diamond, or sorry, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, and apex predator. Each one of them will have their four separate divisions within them. You're grinding up from bronze to go up. Bronze matches apparently are going to be free. You're going to get RP points is what they call them, respawn points. For every game that you play and every character you kill, you get one. If you get closer to the top and however you place, you can get more. The more RP points you get, the higher you climb. Once you climb through all four divisions, you can get promoted to the next mode, which would be, in this case, silver. Silver matches will cost you one RP, so you can actually drop, but it would take a lot of losses and for you to do very poorly and not get any kills to drop. Either way, you're going to gradually climb up the ranks and uh, hopefully level out to wherever your, your skill is. Long story short, super excited. This is the first Battle Royale that I know of that implements a ranked mode other than... Uh, Wait, was there a ranked mode in some of the game? I can't even remember. But it's the only one that matters right now because Apex is the best battle royale out there and it is by a mile, in my opinion. So suck it, everyone who's playing Fortnite right now, no offense. And uh, I'm super excited to test this out because I've saved up all of my points to buy Watson and I'm going to be playing her later. Yeah, I know that was long, but so excited. Solo, what you got next? Well, I... <clears throat> will say You're that old man. Old I man have not <laughs> played uh, Apex since probably we played together last time. Probably which, like within the first week. Of the yeah. Game. When was that? How how long ago was that? Honestly, that was like months ago. It was like three, four months ago. We played with uh, 1A Trace as well. Yeah. Uh, and I was not particularly interested still. I'm sort of over Battle Royales, but good to see that they have sort of, uh, you know, dedicated themselves to uh, releasing good new content, unlike Anthem. But regardless, uh, we shall now move on to a little bit of Twitch. And this is actually a, a, a pretty curious thing. So Twitch has unveiled a new subscriber-only stream. And that more or less is just what it sounds like, which is that... Uh, there will be streams that, unless you subscribe to said user with money, because they allow to do recurrent, uh, you know, subscriptions to particular screen, uh, streamers. Uh, if you're not familiar with the business model, in addition to donations, uh, then you can't watch it. And so a lot of major streamers have already mentioned that they wouldn't uh, do it anyway, because as a PR move, it probably would look pretty bad. I can see... Them. Uh, up, yeah, I mean it's sort of it's very webcammy in that sense. Uh, if you think about that business model, oh, 
Cam girls, cam girls, but you're really cam gamers. Cam uh, gamers. Cam gamers. Uh, cam girls. Uh, and so, you know, there it's there, uh, and I'm sure that's where you'll be able to probably find it. But in a more sort of general sense, it it sort of uh, potentially according to a redditor named Just a Lazy Gamer, which apparently not a lazy gamer because this is a great uh, idea. Uh, it's at or, or great research. It's at. That sort of concept would violate these uh, terms of service of a couple of different companies, Blizzard, Valve, Riot, CD Projekt Red, uh, but something like Valve in part, uh, specifically, their wording is that the content in videos must be non-commercial, which <clears throat> I don't know how that works exactly because they end up licensing content to leagues for tournaments which then that you could charge people to be able to subscribe to some i guess they just say you're not charging for the content directly and everyone gets around it which in this case means you can't charge users to view or access your videos um but you can also sell or license your videos to others for a payment of any kind so i guess within that realm that would mean that you are basically doing that charging access to videos of property that you don't own so (laughs) Um, that's so weird yeah you're stuck in a pickle there I it don't is understand uh, it, it's a pickle similar to what sort of occurred with music uh music companies realized that their music was being used in streams and that streamers were going to be very valuable uh and these platforms would be as well so they were like well now you're not allowed to use this shit anymore and that's why youtube and twitch ended up cracking down on everyone so more or less, a uh, little surprising. I'm sure they're going to, uh, in some way, try to reconfigure this uh, before it really gets an outcry, or they won't. But what do you think? Anything else? I I think we, we touched it. You went on to sort of a tangential topic, but I will agree. Uh, <laughs> Subscriber-only streams. Good luck with that one, champ. Yeah. I just... <laughs> Good luck. I don't know if that's a good business model. I understand that it it can be very lucrative and uh, creates this air of elitism within the streaming realm. Oh, I can subscribe to all these cool streamers and I saw what they said. But, like, I don't know if anyone's that popular. It's paywall content. That's why it matters. Tangential is part of the picture, son. No, I I agree. Like, it's there. But I think Cam Girls said it all. No, that's right. Oh, wait. You say... (laughs) Nothing like a bit of girl on girl. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Our next story is actually a follow-up from episode 79, where uh, if you don't know what date that is, it's May 29th, if you're checking out that episode. But this is an article that Solo covered, and I am following up with because he didn't want to cover it again, and I was like, fine, I'll fucking do it. I'll do it myself. This is fine. I we talked initially about how the United States is planning on increasing tariffs to China and the potential ramifications of that with within the gaming industry. Well, the, uh, the three-headed dog came out to play, and these big, big heads in the gaming industry, you might know them. I don't know if you've ever heard of Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo. Uh, they released a joint statement together, essentially. They released a full letter that went over to the office of the United States trade representatives that essentially warned that Trump's tariff plan to bump Chinese tariffs from 10% to 25% will have a profoundly negative impact on the gaming industry. 96% of the game consoles that we all know and love and that play right now, they were made in China last year. And so 
all these gaming companies would have to reconfigure all the supply chain that went into that architecture to get these consoles to us because they would want to avoid paying those tariffs. So the letter itself made abundantly clear that the companies are not going to eat the cost, but the American consumer will. In fact, uh, they suggest that the 25% hike will result in United States consumers paying up to $840 million more on game hardware than they might have anyway. This means that we can expect a rise of potentially like 20 to 30% in each console. Like that's just, that's just fucking mind boggling. You know, this is, this is insane. 25 to 35% will likely put the new video game console out of reach for many American families. And we expect them to be in the market. This is sort of what they said. They are harping on the fact that American consumers are going to be affected. We're coming up on the holiday season and uh, gaming is a world bonder, essentially. People like games everywhere. And to put this tariff and have it affect individuals is just uh, sort of that's the angle that they're playing. <laughs> Overall, the tariffs have been seen negatively across the board and that they've been costing the American consumers uh, a net $350 million loss as a result or those are the projections even including the tariff gains versus the price hikes of con chinese consumer goods so like yeah there's uh i got I got questions about that but that's not what we're going into we're going into expect to pay more america just expect to pay more for gaming goods that's it solo got any thoughts are you happy that i covered it again I, I am. I do hope that these uh, tariffs still come into play. However, we do have cloud gaming and streaming, uh, hopefully, coming to the forefront. So that won't be such a big issue, but it probably will anyway, because online sales taxes are coming. But regardless, on to our next story. We have a little throwback as well. And in this case, Age of Empires. Uh, apparently is still attracting over a million players a month, almost 15 years after uh, the last full game. That is sort of amazing. Age of Empires 2 was one of the sort of defining games of my early sort of PC days and, yep. you know, red sports car for life. And so that was just, you know, is a great thing to hear with something we've spoken about on the show as well, which is that the RTS uh, sort of genre, I wish would have a couple of more games come out uh, that sort of focus on some unique content. I believe that board games are very much uh, taking up the space that RTS games might have, uh, you know, taken in, in in prior days, given the Say sort of... Say that to the Koreans you know, in StarCraft 2, mofo. Hey, Say but that to Korean, StarCraft Korean, Koreans are a different are a different breed of gamer. They are very specific. Um, but it's in their genes. It's in their genes. Um, they're handed a controller. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> a mouse or three controllers or a phone. Which do you choose? But they're just it, literally just clicking keys. It's too good. Too good. Actions per minute. APMs, baby. Very um, high. Very high. But that is you know. Pretty awesome here, and you know the full remaster of that game came out, or excuse me, is due for release later this year. Going to be pretty cool. I'm going to get it, but that's all I got. Worth mentioning, even though it's not important. It's awesome, and that's equally important. 
You see what's happening? He's doing game-related content, and I'm doing business-related content. What the fuck is happening right now? This is ridiculous. Huh? Oh. And uh, moving on, I'm going to uh, another fun topic that Solo would love because it kind of relates to the whole industry and how indie developers have said, and this is just something that you should know, indie developers have said, I don't know if this is facetiously or not, probably not, that they would rather have consumers steal their games than buy them from a certain website. This website is called G2A. Many of you who are listening have probably used it before because if you've ever searched up cheap CD keys or cheap games or something like that. You know, Google does a good job of aggregating all that information for you, putting it in a nice little table, listing out the prices. G2A usually comes out on top, but G2A itself has had a bad reputation since its inception in 2015, where there have been problems that consumers have been having with the keys they've been getting. Some keys have been not been working and they don't get refunds. Other keys have apparently been bought using stolen credit card info. And then when the individual's credit card information is refunded, the actual developer is not refunded for the code that they sold. You know, they never get that code back. And so this code finds its way onto a reputable website like G2A, reputable, I'm sorry, reputable website like G2A and uh, causes problems over there. So <laughs> some, some developers has sort of clapped back and said that, They'd rather people steal their games so that money doesn't go to the company like this. G2A has long, <laughs> long been addressing these issues. And I mean, it's still up and running. So people obviously still utilize it and love it. But uh, they've introduced certain, what is it, programs within their website, like G2A Direct in 2016, with the aim of allowing developers and publishers to make some money on the platform as well giving the developers priority placement in the queue, AKA the way you get to the front page on Steam and all of a sudden your sales shoot up. They, they do that same stuff uh, initially. It's a website hosted over in Europe. And if you ever bought something from there, you'll see that everything is in pounds. So don't be fooled by the 36 pounds for a game. It's, it's gonna be around 60 bucks for you. Sorry about that champ. But uh, either way, indie developers, <laughs> They uh, they hold a grudge because you got small teams with not a lot of money releasing a game they pour their heart and soul in, and then you have websites like this that come across keys that they don't really vet out the source of and uh, cause problems for both developers and consumers. And I think that's worth noting to keep you in the know. All right, keep you in the know. Hello. Big facts. Big facts. Um, I do love that article. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's pretty. Pretty uh, wonderful to hear developers sort of take that sort of stand. And shame on companies like G2A that sort of pulled that type of shit, especially after the hard work and sort of shit we hear about what developers have to go through for games to come out. And so, um, come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, on, son. That's all I got to say. And next up, we have our... Lilo chose an article, the best games for, or best cities for video game tourism. That's just right. kidding. Just kidding. I want to pause oh, and say, if jerk. you thought that article is a better idea than what I was about to say, I apologize. Tweet me at my non-existent Twitter, but also tweet us at people at games. Hey, and don't forget Seven to subscribe days. and leave us a review on iTunes because apparently That's that matters. Not, but anyway... Uh, Dr. Disrespect has returned to the airwaves just to stay on Twitch for a couple of more seconds to apologize for his 
uh, decision to go and film in a public bathroom during E3, which, what an idiot. Not really much to add on that realm. <laughs> That's um, kind of funny, though. <laughs> I mean, like, the kids loved it, and being a kid at heart, I mean, like, I don't see anything wrong with it, but apparently people are like, That's disgusting! Uh, I think legally there's issues uh, regarding that uh, rather than anything else. I think, you know, childish as it may be, he is not 15 years old. He's sort of like a grown adult. And uh, I know it was a stupid move. I know he, I mean, he apologized, said he was staying in character, took it too far. All that stuff was obvious, but, you know, that's hilarious. He's a method actor, baby. He's a method actor. He is a method actor. Hold out to... uh, God fucking damn it. Who's the best male actor of all time? What's his name? What's his name? What is oh my his God. name? Lincoln. Lincoln. Help me Who out. Is... Who was Lincoln? Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln yeah. was our 16th president. Oh, God. He is responsible for... You're such a jerk. You're he is responsible for keeping this union together. And so on your July 4th, you remember... Not in 1776. You remember Abe. Lincoln film. Oh my God! Who is it? Who is it? Now this team of rivals just... by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Completely unrelated to video games. Wonderful book. It's on Abraham Lincoln. Daniel Day Lewis. There we go. There I we knew go. that the whole time, but I just did not want to add it in because it was much more humorous to watch this process I unfold. Moving hey, on. Moving on. Moving right, on. Let's, uh, let's move on to a actually a different topic that. I have covered it in the past before, but I wanted to give you more specifics now because this is a disruptor in the healthcare industry. And I know, wow, this is a gaming show. Why are we talking about this shit? Well, there is a Cannes Lines International Festivity of Creativity hosted the Unexpected Healthcare Disruptors and they took the stage there, okay? So at this stage, there was three individuals who were trying to make breakthrough changes in the medical industry to empower patients, healthcare professionals, and they were looking in unexpected places, hence the name Creativity in the, the name of the actual event. Anyway, one of those places that they were looking at is naturally the video game industry. So this guy, Sam Glassenberg, he's the founder and CEO of Level X, talks about a company that creates medical video games for doctors and one is a, was one of those three disruptors. Now, what's interesting about this and we're just going to sort of look at the other angle of this. We've talked at length about mental health in gaming and how it could lead to you got to take care of yourself, everything in moderation. We talked about how gaming is addictive and is officially classified as a disorder, but this guy who was a doctor and went on to design these applications and these games for doctors is utilizing that same idea behind the reward principle to make sure that doctors are performing operations successfully and are dosing people correctly. So what he talks about is the idea behind the reward mechanism and how as we play a game, we experience hardships, we experience failure, but then once we achieve success, we get that dopamine burst, and that is essentially driving our human behavior and allowing this to shape. It is. It can be rather. It can be utilized as a powerful tool to shape physical behavior, and physical behavior is important for doctors who deal with, you know, dosing people, giving shots to people, doling out medication, and understanding exactly how uh, a surgery is going to affect the body and stuff like that. So. It's kind of cool that, um, well, it's kind of cool, but it's also just kind of interesting. They're utilizing that same addictive behavior in a positive sense, hypothetically. So these games, I can't go into detail about what all the games are because there is no real detail about it. You got to pay behind a paywall, but 
the whole idea behind this is that when you play a game on your mobile phone and all these games are on mobile phone, um, there's always these metrics that are going to be sent to the company that are playing the game so they can always improve um, and, you know, refine their product per se. So when this guy gets a hold of him, he's having doctors play him and they're playing it real time. He's got over 400,000 users of these different apps and they're all doctors that are giving him real time experience of what games work, what games don't. And they're giving doctors practice because you can do medical diagnoses in these certain games. Uh, you can see how a patient is going to react based on anecdotal evidence of how patients reacted and have doctors respond to that in real time and see their results. All this information is being aggregated and the performance is being evaluated that then gets sent back to the game developers to make better games to make doctors better. And it's just a full feedback loop. Very, very cool. Very exciting. Level X is partnering with a whole bunch of life science partners and uh, they've partnered with, honestly, big pharma companies and medical device companies so that there is just better information out there to help refine and make our medical, our lives better, ultimately. And that's the that's the end goal here, right? So if you don't know, go to a hospital. A lot of medical equipment is fucking outdated. Their infrastructure is insanely outdated. Talking about cybersecurity and ransomware and all those attacks going on. Utilizing games in the medical industry brings those next level graphics, that next level security into the industry and can help force change from the outside in. And it's, it's kind of cool to see that. So just wanted to chat about that. Solo, how do you feel about games helping doctors? Um, Interesting, right? I, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I, I think augmented re- people have mentioned how important virtual reality would be uh, to sort of uh, event everyday tasks like plumbers, etc. But to me, augmented reality ends up being a bit more functional, uh, even in that realm. But regardless of what your opinion on the type of technology that would be there, I do think that uh, a lot of uh, good things can come from gaming because. You know, even surgeons can attest gaming has been proven to increase hand-eye coordination and those sort of muscle reflexes. And so uh, as someone who knows a lot of doctors who tend to be gamers, I don't know if it's correlation or causation, uh, but uh, there's an overlap potentially. Or they just have high-stress job and they need shit all to do because they can't go out afterwards. Anyway, now moving on to our last story of Quickscope. Google uh, Stadia boss Phil Harrison has promised um, something very uh, interesting. Uh, Given the hypothetical question recently uh, during a UK games press tour about the ability to access a game where it pulled from Stadia, uh, were a publisher to pull its support from Stadia. And he answered that you would still be able to play them even if they were removed from sale. And that is very interesting to me because that is sort of within how streaming has uh, for video content like Netflix, et cetera, has become very much a uh, battleground for IP. The same thing is going to happen in gaming. So when Disney decides to pull its content from Netflix, it's not like if you were an existing Netflix user, you're going to get any access to that content it's fully rental based but for games you have a potential ownership and so uh this is going to be a curious test of what digital ownership is going to be uh down the line because if they're like well if you bought it you get to keep it even if they don't let you but if the concept it's cloud gaming you're not really there for buying the game you're therefore just sort of renting 
the language and all of this documentation can be very important. And this is a, probably a topic I could have... Uh, actually, I'm just going to continue on. And we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap in... Oh, yes, that's right. We're getting this on the fly. On the fly. Pause. Oh, yes. It's something or another. Continue with the same goddamn topic to roll it all into one. So I could keep talking. It's very curious to see how this is going to work because I'm sure we're going to see these sorts of battles occurring in the future as well. So like even Game Pass, if Sony were to acquire a studio that had games on Game Pass, would they necessarily force them to pull it? And, you know, if I download games, it's actually funny enough, that's analogous to Xbox Game Pass. If I download a game on Xbox Game Pass and they pull it, I don't get to play it anymore. I only have access to what's available in the library based on those terms, and they give you a digital rental of it. You can't really take it with you. You don't have any ownership of it. And so, as I was saying, the language in there is going to be very unique because with you know video streaming and TV and movies and shit, it was sort of understood that, hey, I don't need to own it. I'm just watching it on your website, whereas games... There's sort of a weird fine line now, especially if it's a free-to-play game and you're paying for in-game merchandise. What happens if that game folds and all that in-game merchandise? Do you really own it, or does that sort of money get lost with the game itself? Uh, and, you know, there's just a lot of unique avenues uh, that the hypothetical situation brings up and that we're going to see unfurl as streaming services become more dominant in the space. We'll see more cases like this. And so, you know... The first of a, a very small microcosm of a question is actually very interesting in a much larger scale analysis. That's something or another. That's all I got. Now, we will finish this up. Take, actually, hold up. Pause. What are your thoughts? Anything? Uh, the one term I think you're missing that relates to this would be that I know of, at least in business, is called an escrow account. It's when you go into business with a company and they're providing a product to you. You can have language in your contracts that call for an escrow account or an escrow clause, meaning if that country or if that company goes out of business, you own all the rights to all of their data and all their products and all their services. That way you can continue to produce that if you need to. And that's like something they do in big business. This is akin to the language you're talking about in contracts, where imagine you bought in-game currency and in-game content. And then that company goes out of business like you technically should be able to own that or in your situation sony buys a studio that has a game on xbox game pass yeah the person technically would have escrow rights or if there was written in and i think that's like that's the term to go in for oh my god if a company goes out of business what happens to that game well people own that game hypothetically someone does someone somewhere does so we'll, we'll find out <laughs> i like that right but um, I got escrow, not directly fitting in here, but uh, now, Lilo, it's your time to shine. Take it home with your, oh, yes, it's coming right up. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's baby. been a minute. Haven't heard that it's in a while. It's been a minute. It's been a while. It's been a while. I like it. So, doing a game spotlight. It's going to be short and sweet because we want to keep this episode tight for you, but I'm doing it on a game called... Portal Bridge Builder. That's right. I know you're like, holy shit, Portal Bridge Builder has been out for a while. Well, I chose it, mofos, because I got Xbox Game Pass for $1, and it was one of the games that I've always wanted to play, and I didn't want to pay for it before, and now I didn't have to. Technically, I paid a dollar for it, but it's fine. So, moving on. Xbox has 
portal bridge builder i mean you can play it on the pc too but whatever who made it developer is clockstone the publisher is head up games what is it it is an engineering simulation and puzzle video game set in the portal universe where it's really set as part of the portal series but it is what it is. One of the gameplay details, Sean. <clears throat> sorry, uh, Solo, Slilo, someone. Either way. <laughs> well, the game obviously merges elements from Bridge Constructor that you may have seen, and the Portal series. Bridge Constructor is a popular game on Steam right now. Check it out. So you can build bridges by dragging and dropping struts, which can which can also be converted to read <laughs> to, to roads and cables, anchored to pre-designed fixed points on the walls, both on the floor and on the ceiling. Because there's not too many fixed points, sometimes you have to create self-supporting bridges, <laughs> okay? Uh, the bridges have a limit of weight that has to be on them or can be on them, including the weight of the truck that drives past on top. The portal elements are looped in, that includes... I hate you right now. That's, that's kind of how the bridges that I made at first were going, because the guys were just falling into oblivion, and I was like, I don't understand what... Oh, I get it now. So anyway, uh, the portal elements include portals, you have to press buttons throughout that. If you if you ever played Portals, you know dropping cubes on buttons leads to certain actions. You do the same thing in this game. You have to avoid turrets and lasers and other fluids. You have the propulsion and revulsion gels. Nothing like a bit of girl on girl. Cool. And then you got launch pads that can launch you across the map if you want to. So players can choose between three modes while they're playing it. Construction is the self-explained mode. You make the bridges, you do all that stuff. Uh, test mode is testing the physics of the level. You see how your bridge holds up without actually running a person across. That's what she and said. Then, yep. <laughs> the last one would be uh, vehicle mode. You test the solution. Some guy just pops out of the little tube and starts driving and you see if he makes it to the other side. So the goal of the game is to get someone to the other side. There's gonna be you know a few testers per each level, but all you need to do to pass the level is get one. There's a secondary goal that's not linked to your completion but it's to keep the price low so they actually there's a price for every different piece of equipment you utilize throughout the level and i guess a high score would be a low cost to complete the level where is this game right now this game is out and about and i'm not really doing it justice because it's hard to visualize what i'm talking about or maybe it's easy to visualize what i'm talking about but the physics and the interactions between creating the actual bridge itself and then trying to run it through portals, using these gels sufficiently, getting things in the right place, it's just so much fun. And for someone who loved portals, this is a nice little, uh, let's go, it's a palate cleanser. Palate cleanser until we get to the portals three, whenever that fucking is coming out. I suppose you think that was terribly clever. It was pretty clever, thank you. This motherfucker is, I can't even hear myself. I've been masterful with the, the sound cues. I feel like a DJ sitting here. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. But uh, with that, be sure to check out Portal's Bridge Builder. Uh, if you have Xbox Game Pass, or if you don't have it, rather, you can buy it for $1 up to July 4th, and then you can check out what I'm talking about. So one buck gets you a whole month, and uh, be sure to check it out. Now, with that... Without further ado, unless you've got some last plug to put in. Do you have the last plug? Uh, yes. We can wrap it up. I am going to just play the sound music. Fucking, I like that. I always enjoy the sound music. Uh, we are going to sort of Weibo for the month of July. We have a lot coming up uh, in the summer and the fall. We are going to be doing our next event um, on scale in August. But for July, 
20th, like we said, at the Microsoft Store at Walt Whitman Shops in Huntington. If you happen to be in Long Island, tickets are on Eventbrite and on Microsoft.com. And if you uh, want to reach out, uh, we gave you social at the beginning. I ain't run that shit back. We do have merchandise up on the shop as well. Expect that uh, selection to expand very soon. And that's about all. I don't, I don't have anything I'm going to leak. We do have our book review. That was uh, Range by David Epstein, which we'll do eventually whenever Lilo figures out um, how to put uh, subject and clauses together and make sentences uh, legible uh, for himself. However, <laughs> barring that situation, we figure like two, three weeks. Um, it's an amazing book. It may, be not be, it may not be thoroughly gaming analogous, but read it. I got shit all to say. Lilo, let's keep it with tradition. Take us home. I uh, love it. Another week comes and goes. Gaming industry, always moving, baby. Always something interesting to talk about. And we appreciate you being here to tune in and get your gaming news from us. Oh, man. Just uh, keep on the lookout. We got a lot of big things coming up later this year. Some fun games. And then, of course, start saving, man. Let's start saving for holiday 2020 because you know it's going to be big. We're going to get Xbox. It's going to be nice, especially with that $25 tax on top. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has a good point. So uh, with that, appreciate you.